Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline has continued to be your best source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy to get started. So head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to join and use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can <laughs> see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Oh! Shasho Kogi! May the force be with you! Whoa, my goodness, Carl Anthony Towns! He is not human! He is catastrophic! Hello and welcome back to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke, and I'm sitting here with Doug West, and we're ready to talk Wolves, I guess, games four and five since we've last talked. So, Doug, I mean, another blown lead, but first, how are you doing? And then we can get into the the basketball side of things. Oh, I'm doing great. Um, Nothing to complain about. Um, Had... Good weekend of basketball. We've had some good Wolves games, good playoffs. Um, it's been exciting. Um, you know, I was I was sitting around today and I was thinking, and I said to myself, the Wolves should have won this series. <laughs> I mean, like, you really look at it. It's like, all right, game one, they come out and win. Game two, blow out. But the next three games, I mean – Two, uh, one and two in the next three games with big leads in both games. So, you know, I was I was just sitting back and thinking to myself, wow, this could have been a four to one series. But, you know, like like we always say in the NBA, it's never over until it's over. Yeah. And the thing, I mean, you know, if they don't blow the lead in, in game three, say they go up to one, you know, maybe Memphis punches back and they steal game you know, they take game four and then it's two, two. Right. So like, you never know what's going to happen, but I mean, you can't help but wonder looking back, like, <laughs> right. I mean, you, you look at it. What if they didn't blow that lead and then they took game four and now it's three, one, you know, and you'd at least have game. I mean, even if Memphis went and won and then you're up three, two, you got game six, but that's not what happened. <laughs> they, uh, no, they blew no, another one. No. This one wasn't as bad. I mean, it wasn't as big a lead. They didn't. Um, I mean, they came Memphis came out the gates hot. It was like 13 to two to start. And then, you know, the wolves caught the rhythm. They ended up going up. And then again, fourth quarter woes just came back. And mostly, I mean, I don't think the refs were necessarily good in this game, but when the offense stagnates to the point that it did, it's hard to blame anything other than that. And that's not the first time we've seen this. The offense continues. It's, I guess, do you think that they're playing more to not lose in those situations at the end of the game more than they're playing to win? Yeah, this is this is what we or what I've always talked about. You know, you have those games 
uh, you know, you're, you're on the road and you have players that stand out at home. Well, you get them on the road and it gets tight down at the end of the game, down the stretch. You know, now player players don't know who's going to shoot the ball. And at the end of the game, I mean, we should be looking at three-man game. Um, Ant, uh, D'Lo, and Cat. Figure it out. Those three make plays. And if they kick to the other guys, catch the ball to shoot it. If not, uh, rebound the ball. So they got to figure out who's the closer, who is going to be the closer on the team. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I guess, I mean, if I would have told, you know, beginning of the season, like, who is going to be the closer, I guess the guy I probably would have pointed to would probably be D'Angelo Russell just because he has that that history of making tough shots and, you know, being a clutch player. I mean, even this season, his clutch points were, I mean, pretty high, but at the same time, what, you know, game flow obviously matters too. And, and cat shot the ball really well all night. Ant was a little bit up and down. Um, he missed some shots down the stretch too, some layups, some things um, that I think he should have put down, but he also hit that big shot to even give, oh, big, I mean, big shot. To, to force Jod, I mean, to make his buzzer beating layup. So, like, they – Ant making tough shots. Cat played well all night. D'Angelo Russell took a tough shot down the stretch there. They do need to figure out who that closer is, but I think more so I think they just need to figure out what offense they're running in that crunch time. Because, I mean, th- when the game slows down, it does go to a lot of ISO just in general in the NBA. That's just kind of how basketball works. But it just seems like a little more ball movement to get to that point probably would benefit them down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good. That all sounds great. Um, NBA comes, it's always a two-man play or a three-man play. It's going to come down to it. At all situations, going to be some kind of pick and roll action going on. And uh, guys playing downhill, looking to create. And, you know, is it going to be D'Angelo? And cat, or is it going to be ant and cat, or is it going to be a combination of the three of them running some pistol action? So, you know, actually that was like a little bit of pistol action where they got that shot um, after the timeout for uh, ant in the corner, you know, um, with McLaughlin coming off their hard with a beautiful bounce pass to the yeah. corner. But uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always, you know, even when I played, when I played, it was two men. Now it's, you know, you can get three men involved in it. And it's, it's just, it's always been the same. No matter how you look at it, through any, any team, any team in the league, it's going to come down to that at the end. Yeah, and, and I mean, so I look at the, the top three guys in the Wolves and I look at the top three guys in the Grizzlies and I'm giving advantage to Wolves there. Like, I mean, sure. I think that their top three is a more talented top three. I'd say they have two of the three best players in the series. You have Cat, Ant, and Ja are the three best players in the series. And then D'Angelo Russell is on par with like a Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. type of player. Um, if you just think overall skill wise. So I guess I would think you would think that they would have the star power to close it out, especially with the lead, but they just don't. And, and I have to credit Memphis. They just do not give up. They are one of the most, they're the most resilient young team I've ever seen play basketball, but one of the most resilient teams I've seen in a long time. They've just been fantastic at not getting too high or too low if they are 
you know, they're down They're I mean, they don't think they're out of it until the game is over. And to be fair, like they haven't been, they came back from that, the two 25 point leads, they came back in game five and they almost came back in game four. So they, I mean, they just don't stop and the wolves need to not stop either. Yeah, well, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's been a, a trademark of Memphis throughout the season. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been able to get down in some games and be able to win games late. Um, you know, as you said, the res- resiliency of continuing to play. You got to continue to play the game. You know, we always say, um, and you're going to start saying this as a coach, coach. You're, we're always going to say that, you know, teams are going to go on runs. You know, it's well, how can, who's going to withstand the run? and be able to come out at the end. So it's, it's just part of basketball. So, you know, in, in the NBA, it's one of those things you can't think that a team is closed out until, you know, there's got to be like under a minute, you might be up 20. <laughs> and then yeah. you say, well, all right, we got this. But, but I mean, seriously, um, even that, you know, game four, you know, you know, Minnesota has the lead and, you know, Memphis is still knocking on the door, knocking on the door. Cat has to make those two free throws at the end to seal the game, but Bain still comes down and hits a 35 foot three with Ant contesting the shot. And I'm thinking to myself like, whoa, dude, just let him, just let him go. But you, but you're so right. They are a resilient team. Um, They've been there before. They know how to, how to, how to uh, close out games, how to play harder they trust each other, and that that's what allows them to hang hang around and stay in the game league. Yeah, and I totally – I wish the Wolves had that, but at the, at the same point, I mean, this is a lot of these guys' first close playoff series. You know, Patrick Beverly's been in a bunch, but, like, Cat got gentlemen swept against the Rockets. D'Angelo Russell, when he was on the Nets, I think they got gentlemen swept. So, like – they haven't been in this position before. Anthony Edwards has, he said today, he's never played in an elimination game because (laughs) in college, he didn't go to March Madness last year. The Wolves didn't make the playoffs. So like the only elimination game, I guess would be the play in game, but they still had a chance to get the eight seed. So like, right. This is going to be his first elimination game tomorrow on people probably listen to this on Saturday or on Friday. So this is going to be the first time we see him in that setting. Um, so, I mean, they just lack experience. And Memphis doesn't have a ton more experience, but their core group of guys just went through this last year. Last year, yeah. They saw Utah win. They saw how Utah won, and they can apply that to themselves. So, I mean, at the end of the day, win or lose the series, I think the Timberwolves are going to be able to take a lot from this. And I, that's kind of been the sentiment, I think, from like the Wolves fan base on Twitter. I mean, they've been disappointed because the leads have been blown, but I think most of them, most people are recognizing you're going to learn a lot. But the part that I don't like is they act, there's been (laughs) talk as if the series is over. And while I don't think, you know, that it's likely the Wolves pull out the next two games per se, the series is not over. The Wolves have led. I don't, this isn't like factually correct. I don't know, like, how the numbers bear this out, but I'd be willing to bet they've had the lead in like 75% of the minutes played this series. They, oh, I it, would... especially if you throw out game two, where Memphis kind of just took the game and ran the wolves have led 
most of this series and are down three, two, they've been so close. And that's what we've been saying. Like this series should be getting closed out by the wolves. So, I mean, they're right there. And (laughs) I think taking a step back, we think about how close this series has been. And it feels like a four or five matchup. This is a two, seven matchup. That's the team with the second best record in the league that the wolves are playing against. So it's not like they should win this series. Like on paper, you know, it's not like, oh, they're the higher seed. They should have the advantage. Like, no, they're an underdog. And while maybe matchup wise, they match up good. So you might think they should win. There's, I mean, there's, there's a reason Memphis won 56 games this year because they play good basketball. So I don't think, I think where it's frustrating is we've seen how good they've played against a team that good and haven't been able to pull it up. Yeah, I think that is the frustrating part. I mean, like I said, I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking about it today and it's like they should have won this already. But again, Memphis has been there. Uh, the Wolves, as you said, they've had the lead most of the game, but it's always about closing the game out. You know, like how do we or how do we close it out? Who's going to close it out? And, you know, can we can we make those defensive stops, you know, two, three, four stops in a row? Um, and then we're able to control the tempo and close the game out. Yeah. And they, I mean, obviously Memphis has done that. They've closed out right. games and the wolves just haven't, but at the same point, the wolves have two wins. Memphis has three. There's two games left. Um, what are you expecting going into game six here? Obviously we're, it's the last game at target center for this series. Um, the wolves, I mean, it's winter go home or winter stay home, I guess, because you're already home, <laughs> Right, but what are your expectations for energy? Why energy level? I mean, play like how guys are going to show up. And well, I mean, we've seen the wolves bounce back quite a bit in the series. We saw them get trounced in Memphis in game two. And they, I mean, they responded in Minnesota in game three, but not, you know, in game and four. And, yeah. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, on well, that, I guess I think, I think, you know, it's, it's really funny. It was, uh, the way Cat came out in game four, he has to come out that way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at him. He has this, this scowl on his face, um, aggressive um, from the jump. Uh, you know, it was back to Cat basketball, um, aggressive in the first quarter, um, getting his getting his touches, um, making shots, getting others involved. Um, you know, I think the crowd, you have to keep the crowd in it. Um, and I'm sure the crowd's going to be, it's another late game, another late game yeah. in Minnesota. So we got to make sure we Weekend. keep those crazy, yeah. those crazies running on, on the court. You know, we got to make sure we keep those people in the stands, <laughs> but you know, late game, uh, the crowd's going to be involved. Um, you know, again, still playing with house money. As you said, this is two versus seven. Um, they're not expected to win, but at home to come back, tie this up three, three and to force it to a game seven uh, would be outstanding. And I think that they're capable of forcing the game seven. Um, They have played well at home. Like you said, they blew game four, but they also, they won game five. So they played well at home. Um, I'm with you. I think cat has to come out and, and he's played really good in the last two games. Really. He's only had two bad games this series, right? but it looked really bad when he had two bad games in a row. And then the wolves go down, you know, two to one and they just blew, blew a big lead. Now it's like, man, that looks really bad, but he scored 29 in game one, 33 in game four and 28 in game five. So he's been 
really solid um, in three of those five games. He's got to do that again. It's all come with foul trouble. Like we're without foul trouble. Game right. one, he had ended with three fouls. I don't think he picked up a foul until the second half. Played great. He was in foul trouble in two and three, ended with five fouls each. You know, that's the game's 15, eight points. Ended with three fouls in game four, 33 points. 30, 30 points. Great. And then even last game, he ended with five fouls, but like didn't really pick up. He had a little foul trouble until in the late. first quarter. And then he was fine. I mean, you know, he picked up his fifth one late, so it wasn't a big deal. Um, after he got through that first quarter, he was okay. So it's going to be like staying out of foul trouble for him. I think that's it. If he gets, and I talked about this before, but if he gets in foul trouble, he's going to be less aggressive. He's not going to keep his head as cool as he has. I mean, I think he's done a good job of that in the last two games. So I think the key for him is just maintain your composure, you know, and be aggressive. Ant just kind of got to do it. He's been scoring the ball well, um, but just being more consistent on both sides of the ball, getting in, grabbing rebounds, especially when you have a smaller lineup in, they're going to need him to get in there and just use his athleticism to and his strength to get rebounds because Jaden McDaniel's not a great rebounder. And if you have Jaden at the four and Cat at the five, you're going to need that defensive rebounding help, especially when somebody like Brandon Clark is coming in and I mean, he just knows how to rebound the ball and the wolves need to counteract that. So it's going to have to be a team effort to rebound there. And I think they know that, that, I mean, one of Anthony Edwards questions at practice today was about, um, I saw the quote, you know, saying that he's gonna, I mean, he's gonna make it a point to get rebounds in game six. So the wolves need that from him. Um, but the guy I'm most, I think with this, not even just this game, but I think if the Wolves want a chance to win this series, it's going to be contingent on D'Angelo Russell. And D'Angelo Russell has really only had one good game, like an overall well-rounded game. And it wasn't even like insanely good. He had 22 points, um, but he scored 10 points in the first quarter. And I think 10 points in the, or 12 points in the third quarter. I'm pretty sure he did all of his scoring in two quarters and then was scoreless in the other two. And I can't remember if it was third or fourth, but I think it was the third. It was, I was, it was the third. Earlier. It was the third quarter. It was the first and third quarter. So I, re- 10 I remember. In the first, yes. 12 in the third. And then, third. Yes. I remember so that. Okay. Game. But other than that, it's like 10 points, 11 points, 10 points. Like just hasn't been there. What do you expect to see from him in game six? Do you expect this trend to continue of him not playing well? Do you think now the lights are the brightest? This is when D'Angelo Russell shows up or. How are you feeling on him? Because he hasn't made a case for the Wolves offering him a contract extension this summer with how he's played in this series. Yeah, well, I think you know you hit it. Uh, you hit it right on the head there. He has to. He has to come through here, and he has to. He has to figure out where he's going to get his shots. Um, you know, when to break someone down, um, not get lost or get caught standing around and watching what's going on. Um, you know, he's a big part of the offense. He has the ball early on. And when he's off the ball, he has to be in situations where he's ready to catch the ball and shoot the ball. Um, you know, he, he, he's a guy who averaged 30 points a game versus them in the regular season. And I think he's averaging like 15 or 16 points um, in the series. So that's a, that's a, you know, a big difference there. So, you know, he has to figure out, you know, how to get himself rolling. Time's running out. Um, you know, we got to get it done now. But, you know, you, you made <laughs> – it was really funny – 
uh, last our last uh, conversation, you made a point about uh, Jordan McLaughlin, um, and he comes off the bench, uh, game four. I mean, great minutes, great, uh, great game. I mean, you know, sixteen points, four for four from three. Um, you know, comes in. You know, game five, he doesn't score as much, but he's still solid, able to move the so, ball. Um, you know, get 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 the offense moving and get people in the right in right spots. So that was that was a good call by you, Coach. So uh, and he, you know, he's like he's, that. He's pesky too. Like yes, he's kind of like I mean, and I maybe said this last time, but he's kind of like Tyus Jones in like a in a smaller sense, and not as good as right. Tyus Jones, but like right, you know, take take care of the ball, be a pesky on defense because you know you're undersized. Um, he does a lot of the little things like. He's not afraid to penetrate into the paint and kick out. He's not afraid to try to rebound against bigger guys, even if it's just tip the ball to a teammate. And I think the best thing about him when it comes to his offense is he never picks up the ball. Mm -hmm. He's always, you know, defense might expect him to pick up the ball and he keeps it alive, either dribble somewhere else, passes the ball. And he's always, he just keeps it moving. And he's played really, really um, well in the last two games, I would say. Um, after not playing at all in game three, yes. you know, maybe if you play him in game three, that's, that's how you win. And it's crazy to say that when you're talking about like the 10th man in a rotation, but the mm-hmm. skill set that he brings to the floor just really helps an offense, not stagnate. The problem yeah, is he's being solid, right? The problem is with him playing him in a clutch lineup is he's so small that mm-hmm. in individual possessions, you can target him on defense. And while he, I mean, pound for pound isn't like a terrible defender. If you get a mismatch situation, I mean, you're probably cooked. <laughs> so I guess that's like you, I get why you can't play him down the stretch, but you know, maybe with eight minutes to go when your offense starts stagnating, that's when you get him in there and get it moving. And I think he probably did play some. I don't remember the minutes that he logged at. I think he played in the fourth quarter some because Patrick Beverly had to go to the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, But again, I just, I like him for that reason. He's a great third point guard to have with how he moves the ball, pushes pace um, and just gets his guys in his spot. So I, I think he's played really well back to D'Angelo Russell though. I just, we need more from him. Oh, we definitely do. I, I think one thing that's kind of gone under the radar is I think he has distributed the ball really well this series. Every game he's had at least seven seven assists, except for in game two. In game two, he only played like 27 minutes because it was kind of a blowout. So he's really been effective uh, setting up his teammates, getting the ball to guys. He's had some really nice passes, but he just hasn't had that offensive impact scoring-wise that we wish we would have. But at the same time, I think Memphis has just done a really good job of keying into what he does and trying to take that away. I mean, they've put Dylan Brooks on him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot. And because bigger, I think bigger, stronger, bigger, stronger player to get into his body. And they're probably doing that because of how well he did play in the in the regular season against them. But he he just has to be better um, scoring the ball wise. He's getting some open shots. He just has to knock them down um, more often and even shoot them more often because he is a good shooter. So I want to see more from him offensively. And I don't know exactly how that happens, but they're going to need it to happen. Otherwise they're going to be sitting at home 
um, and they're not going to be heading to Memphis for game seven. Yeah, he's seven for 22 in his last last two games. I was just looking at that. Um, yep. Yeah, so we got to get be more efficient uh, from from the field um, and try to get himself to the foul line a little bit. Um, I think that would that would help him out um, seeing the ball going from the foul line. Um, yeah, again, six, like you know, he has sixteen free throws total in this series. In the whole so. series, in the series, yeah. yeah, that's that's a low number. Um, you know, for a guy who looks to probe and get into the bat and get into the paint, um, some. So, you know, look for him to be more aggressive. Um, you know, look. <laughs> We need all hands on deck tomorrow, um, all hands on deck for the game and uh, everybody ready to go at full at full uh, full go. Yeah. And I I think another player that maybe hasn't been talked about a lot, but I think could be a key to, I mean, play. I mean, like for the Wolves is Torian Prince. He has not played. I mean, he's really only had one super impactful game, I would say. And it wasn't even, I guess, that impactful. He just scored quite a bit. In game two, he scored 12 points, but obviously it was a blowout. Um, But really, he hasn't been scoring the ball great. He did score 10 points in game five. uh, But I think that he could do more damage elsewhere on the court. Um, And I think I kind of expect him to have a good game in this one, which I think could be a way for the Wolves to kind of take this one by the throat. If you can have Torian Prince in a lineup, um, if the Grizzlies go small and you can have like Prince at the four, you know, Ant at the three Beverly, you know, basically putting Prince in for Vanderbilt, you can have that other scoring option that now everywhere on the court guys can knock down shots. I think that's going to be really important. And we've seen that have some success for the wolves in this series. I want to see it probably for a little bit, a little bit more, but the other player that I think <laughs> needs to show up is Malik Beasley. The Wolves need yep. him there to hit is. shots. And he just hasn't been hitting um, at the rate that we probably would want him to. We know that, obviously, the starters are going to play more, so his minutes are going to shrink a little bit. But still, he needs to hit shots. He was 4 for 10 in the first game, and since then he's 1 for 2 in game 2, 2 for 7. He didn't even take one in game 4. And then in game five, he was one for three. He, I'm ready for a big Malik game, like like a Desmond Bain type performance, like seven for 15 from three or seven for 12 from three. Just let it fly, just on fire, really have that bench unit come alive because I think the starters are doing a good job against the starters for most of the game. Fourth quarter kind of dwindles down, but those first three quarters, Jaron Jackson Jr. is not able to, hang with the wolves he's been in foul trouble the whole series yes john morant really doesn't look very good until the fourth quarter desmond baines looked good pretty much all series um but dylan brooks has been very hit or miss so i think that the wolves need some bench help bench scoring help to combat the units where you have like brandon clark in dominating the glass tyus jones in there um, and maybe, maybe even like a Desmond Bain playing with the bench unit or something. Um, the Wolves need to combat that with some Malik Beasley sh- shooting. And I, I think he's due for a game. Like he's due for a big one. Well, he's, so I'm he's, hoping he's, that comes in game six and not that he's saving it until next season. <laughs> well, we don't want him to save it till next season. And no. yes, hopefully, hopefully it is game six. Um, I was, you know, 
thinking about him today, first game, as we, as you said, you know, he comes off the bench, you know, goes off, you know, three after three after three. Um, You know, we, we mentioned that he even was getting some wide open looks that he missed in the first game. Yeah. And I think since that first game, they've kind of keyed in on him and his, his looks haven't been open. Um, You know, they've been on him on the catch making him create shots for others not allowing him to get his game off or making him take uh, tough contested shots. So, you know, he has to find his, find his spots. Um, and the best, the best time to do this is at home. Um, right. You know, those, those home games are usually those games where you, where you have that opportunity and especially this game here. I mean, it's, as we said, win or stay home, um, you know, so, you know, hopefully he, he's, he's, comes out shooting the ball like Bane. I mean, I mean, this dude, whew, I mean, shooting the three. I mean, there was, you know, that one game, I I, I didn't think the guy could miss, you know, but he didn't in a game like that, for, he didn't till, till the end and still made that shot late. Yeah. But yeah, we, we would, we need Malik Beasley to come through. We need the bench to come through, not only scoring, but rebounding. I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, Clark before, I mean, he had 15 rebounds the other one game with nine offensive rebounds, you know, so, you know, we got to keep a body on him. So we got to make sure the bench matches their bench and be able to pull this game out at home. Yeah. And so we talked about that, um, the bench, but I wonder how many minutes the starters are going to play in this one. You know, it's like, (laughs) are we going to see 40 three minutes of cat and 43 minutes of ant and how much are we going to see because they can't afford to lose. No. So how much of those guys, you know, foul trouble, you know, aside, if cats in foul trouble, you can't play in 43 minutes, but you know, if, if it allows, like how much is Finch going to lean into his guys, his starters, you know, and I'm not saying Vanderbilt's going to get 40 minutes, but you know, are we going to see 35 minutes from Bev? 39 minutes from D'Lo and 43 minutes from Cat and Ant. I, I think if the game calls for it, they're going to do it because they don't want to take their foot off the gas. They don't want to, you know, you're going to want your best players on the court as much as possible. So I'm just interested to see that and, and how Finch handles that, I guess. And then who gets, if that is the case, who gets squeezed out of their rotation? Like who does McNa- does McLaughlin not get minutes? Does you know, Torian Prince or Jada McDaniels get squeezed out. Does Vanderbilt maybe start and then get squeezed out for the second half? Like, what does that look like? Where does Beasley fit into that? Um, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how Finch approaches this game, considering, you know, this is like we've been saying, like you win or you go home. So what his mindset is, what would you, I mean, where would you go with that? Obviously game flow again is going to matter with that, like I said, with fouls and, and the lead and whatnot, but. I, I think you're going to see big minutes from the starters, um, especially, you know, Ant and Cat um, and D'Lo. I, I, I would, you know, be shocked if they didn't, all three of them play 38 to 40, 43 minutes, as, as, as you mentioned there. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a closeout game. Uh, you, you need your, your best players on the court. Um, you want them to make decisions. You want to put the put the game in their hands, and especially your superstars. You want to make sure that they have an op, they have a say on the outcome of the game. And if they're not in foul trouble, um, if they're not exhausted and they can't get up and down the court, why aren't they in the game? Um, you know, we got to make sure that we have the players on the court that are willing to 
leave it out there and do what it takes to win the game. Yeah, and I definitely definitely think that we're going to see, especially in the second half, I yes. think we're going to see, you know, potentially those guys playing the entire 24 minutes. Half. Yes. And <laughs> get, um, the rest come I, in the second quarter. But again, I, I think the more the starters play, I think that's better for the Wolves because I think they just have more top-end talent than the Grizzlies do. But at the same time, if that top-end talent isn't playing like it, or is trying to be too dependent on their own skill set and not allowing the offense to do what it needs to do to open it up for themselves. That's where I think it kind of you could get into some real trouble, I guess. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a, an exciting, um, interesting, um, you know, that chess match in the first the first half, um, getting to halftime and making sure the game's either close or we got a big lead. And then that last 24 minutes, especially the last six minutes of the game, to see how it really breaks down, um, you know, to see uh, the intensity that both teams play with, both offensively and defensively. Um, how smart are we playing? Are we, you know, not turning the ball over? Um, you know, possessions, the possessions really count here. Um, yeah. Every possession counts. Um, you know, it can't be, you know, well, we can throw the ball away a few times here and just, you know, play like it's like it's out in uh, playground basketball. Uh, have to be focused, um, have to be sharp and, you know, try to play your best game. Yeah. And I definitely I mean, I think they had a players meeting, players only meeting. Today. Oh, so I, guess I love them. <laughs> I got a question for you. Were you ever a part of a players only? Meeting? Oh, oh, Led yes, by KG because- or what? Oh, well, I was a part of players only meetings a lot because we were really bad early on. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, you go on these, these losing streaks and then we're going to have a players only meeting. Um, so, yeah, I've been I've been a part of them on that side. Um, you know, back w- when we started, uh, you know, 95, 96, Stefan, KG, Gugliata, um, we, you know, we started getting better. You know, some player meetings there as well to address some things. Um but yeah, player, players only meetings are, are awesome. You know, guys, guys call each other out. Um, you know, you, you try to leave it in the locker room. You go out to the to the court and then the media wants to know, what did you say in the meeting? Well, it's a players only meeting. If we wanted to tell you, we'd have brought you in. You know? yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, so it always it was always funny, you know, so I always love when I hear about the players only meetings. Um, but, you know, I, I think that these guys, young guys get together um, their goal you know, win the next game, take it one at a time and do what it takes to win that game. Leave, leave it on the floor. Um, If you lose, well, you got nothing to play for anyway. If you win, you get a few days off before the next game and, you know, time to recover. Yeah. And I, I'm interested to see, I mean, obviously the details of that aren't going to, I mean, be out there. That's the reason why, (laughs) but I'm interested to see how the guys respond to that. I think the group of guys really respects each other from yes. all of the, from all I can tell from, from my viewpoint and, you know, everything that's been reported, like it's a pretty tight group and I think they're going to respond well to the leadership there. Now they got to do it. My, what I think is tough is they shot themselves in the foot by not winning game five because they've been really good at responding, but so has Memphis. Mm-hmm. But if you got the three, two lead, then if you don't 
you know, you just won last game and Memphis responds. Well, now you got the chance to respond. Well, where if they win this game, there's only one more game and it's going to be how well does Memphis respond versus how well can you play? But you got to get there first. You have to respond well and win this game. And I think they can, especially with the home crowd behind them. Um, that's, I mean, that's been a big, obviously the first four games was split, but like the Wolves had game three, one. So they pretty much played fantastic on their home court, except for the end of game four or game three. So three, right. I think their home court advantage is real. I think that the crowd tomorrow, me included, is going to <laughs> be ready to explode at any given point. And I think that's going to be one of the keys to this game is that the crowd is involved, but the team can't go in lulls where the crowd falls out of it. You have to keep them involved. And I think that's done by maintaining offense, Malik Beasley getting hot. The only thing that gets the crowd more excited than Malik Beasley getting hot is Anthony Edwards getting hot. But when Malik Beasley has it going and the ball is passed to him outside the arc, you can just hear the crowd just, just ready anticipation and then drains it crowd goes wild they i mean the game that he broke the threes record for the team and made 11 was the crowd was insane and like really like we talked about before malik beasley can do that but i think we need a big anthony edwards dunk to keep him in it i think Mm -hmm. we need you know a couple big blocks against john morant there's a lot of things that the crowd's going to cheer for but the wolves can't score 12 points in a quarter like that's not going to keep no No. So they need to be consistent and they need to push the pace, score the ball, play hard. And I'm feeling pretty good about game six. How are you feeling? Like, I mean, I'm not telling you like what's the score or prediction going to be, but how are you feeling going into it? How do you think they actually are going through? We've talked about what they need to do, but how do you think they actually will respond and come out of this one? I think, you know, I feel good about game six as well. I think you're going to get a big dose of cat and a big dose of ant. And I think bees is going to, he's finally going to come out of this little shooting slump that he's in, you know, let's, let's give him five threes tomorrow. Let's, let's, you know, let's say the, I'm saying five threes, um, makes not attempts, five makes, makes. um, yeah. yes, makes. And, uh, also I think, you know, Dilo, I think, I think we're gonna have a big game tomorrow. I think it's, I think it's going to go, Seven, as we talked, um, you know, but I think the big game is going to come tomorrow and it's going to be how do they come back after the emotions and the energy that they're going to that they're going to spend tomorrow um, to play the next game. Right. Yes. For game seven. So it's, you know, being able to to, being able to stay up like that, um, you know, for uh, for a few days. Yeah. And I I definitely think I think they got a good shot in this one, too. Like we said, we've seen them respond. I think the best part about about them is how maybe not resilient in the game, but just resilient, like in, you know, and I think a lot of that goes down to to Finch. I think Finch is a guy that he's the type of coach where he's, he knows exactly what his team needs from him, how much leash he can give his guys. And, you know, and they respect him for that. I wonder, and this is just kind of me going on another little 
trail here. I wonder if we don't see, if the offense does stagnate, I wonder if we don't see a Jalen Noel appearance in this series, in this game, I should say, in game six. Because if we know one thing about Noel's, he can go out and he can score the basketball. Nadi, I'm not saying you got to play him a lot, but just to give the team a spark. Could you, because it's weird, because you think the rotation is going to tighten, but if they need offense, there's not a lot of places better than, than Jalen Noel because he can create his own shot and he makes tough shots and he is, he's fearless and he's probably hungry because he hasn't played much in this series. So do you think we could see Noel if that happens? I, I don't, I don't look at that as a, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but you know, you, you want to use everyone and everything to your, power uh to win the game it's putting a lot of pressure on him um you know okay you haven't played the whole series we need offense now go in there um you know you make some shots all right he's he's great but if he goes in there starts jacking and he misses now we got the fans turning on him you know we got people questioning why is this guy in the game right now um so again you in these situations you know it's up to your superstars your superstars have to have to lead you and they have to win this game for you. Um, you know, you, you, these guys are paid as superstars for a reason. Right. And these are the times, these are the situations where they're supposed to quote unquote, earn their money. Yeah. And I think that they're definitely going to have to do that um, in this one. Like they, the wolves can't afford for one of them to not show up. I don't think because right. Memphis is, I mean, Memphis is ready to be done with this series. Like they've fought hard. They've had to come back from some, they don't want to have to go to a game seven against the Timberwolves. They want to just close it out and and be done. But I mean, the Wolves got to, they got to make that not happen. They got to, they got to force this to a game seven um, in Memphis. We've seen them play well in Memphis twice out of the three times they've been there. They played well twice. They lost the last game. They need to get some momentum, obviously. I mean, if you don't win this game, you don't play game seven in Memphis, but you right. need to win this game, tweak some things and be ready for game seven. I'm going to go on a limb. I think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to force a game seven. Um, and then it's going to be, I mean, that's going to be a whole, we think this game's intense. If they win this one, like I've never seen a game seven for my favorite team in my <laughs> lifetime. Uh but that's going to be like a whole new ball game. You know, that's just like best of one, like winner takes it all. And I, I mean, I could see in that situation, the pressure the wolves, is the wolves on, have more guys that the pressure's on Memphis. The wolves have pressures on Memphis. If they win this game, game seven, it's house money. You got Ant that lives for a big moment. That's going to be the biggest moment he's going to have yet. D'Lo has shown in his career that he's there for it. And Cat's trying to prove people wrong because he got clowned after his third game in the series. Plus, right. he had a bad series against Houston his first time. If you get to that game seven, you might just get the best version of all three of those guys. And then you're looking to play Golden State in round two. But it all starts with Winning game six, you got to take it one game at a time. You can't look ahead to game seven because if you look ahead to game seven, you're not getting the game. <laughs> you're seven. not going to win six. Yes. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. We can look ahead to game seven. We can, we can look ahead to it and talk about it, but they have to stay focused on the right. present. Um, you know, what's it, what's, what's the task at hand here? Yeah. So they had some media availability after practice today and some of the quotes coming out, I don't know if you saw any of them. Uh, the one specifically I want to talk about is what Malik Beasley said today. He said, quote, we're waiting for tomorrow. Then it'll be a game seven and then go straight to Golden State. That's how we feel. We feel confident and ready to get it done. Then he went on to say, we honestly think it should be 4-1 right now. We should be resting just like Golden State. We made some mistakes. We're a young team. We got to learn from it and bounce back. We feel confident and we're going to get tomorrow and take one game at a time. And then some people were, I don't really know who they were, fans of the Wolves, Memphis, whatever. They kind of took that wrong. But like, what do you want him to like? Do you want him to come out and be like, yeah, well, you know, I don't really know if we can win tomorrow, but we'll try. And then hopefully we can go to game seven. What do you think like having that confidence can do for a team? I think having that confidence is good for the team. Um, You know, it's always those things uh, though. I, I always think to myself, like, all right, we can say this amongst ourselves but why give them something on the other side uh, to motivate? Well, actually, words shouldn't motivate the other team. Um, they really shouldn't motivate. Yeah. They should be motivated already. But you know why? Why put it in? Why put it out there in the media? Um, because, like you said, someone's going to take it and run with it differently. There's going to there's going to be different takes of it. Um, there's going to be you know the, everyone's going to analyze it different ways. And you know he meant this. He meant that. What what you know. Okay, basically what he says, we have confidence in ourselves. We feel like we should have won the series and take it one game at a time. We win tomorrow. We win the next game. We're just going to keep going to Golden State. Yeah. So they should be confident. Um, shouldn't be thinking that, th- that they are going to lose. Well, they definitely should be confident because of how much they have led in this series. Yes. And you just think, I mean, they're just a few mistakes away from, from having the series lead. So, yeah, I definitely think um, – the confidence is a bad thing. You know, like you said, putting it out in the media is always a slippery slope. I mean, if you right. lose, then people come back, throw the, the quote back at you and whatnot. But I mean, Malik Beasley seems confident, which might pull into your, you know, five, five threes. threes. It might, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm just excited for game six. Um, I will be there again. And, uh, I'm glad I've been able to make it work to get to all these home playoff games because it's been really cool to be in that atmosphere. But I mean, I want more, like I want, I want the next round and (laughs) they got to get this one on Thursday. Do you have any, I guess, last parting thoughts before we close this out and then probably talk again? No, I'm just, I'm just hoping that they come out, um, leave it out there. Uh, Big game tomorrow um, or tonight as, as you're listening to this. Um, you know, we need effort from the whole team and we need the fans, the six man to be supporting from, from the tip. Actually, before the tip, you know, warm-ups in there, uh, you know, make the other team feel your presence. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, players always say that we like to play on the road. We love it when it's when it's loud, but there have been times when I've been in games when it's been so loud that you feel it. You're like, Oh, these, you know, the floor is moving, you know, the fans are, are into it. And it kind of, you know, it makes you 
start second second guessing yourself sometimes. So hopefully we can we can have that situation. You know, guys come out and keep playing downhill. Play smart at the end of the game. Keep yeah. people in front of you. Don't go for steals. Um, and do what we can to win the game. Yeah, and and you, to your point of home, you know, just fans and that. I think the Wolves have had the better home court advantage. I think the stadium's been fuller. I think it's been louder. Not Memphis has a bit bad. Like, don't get me wrong. Their fans <laughs> have showed up too. But I just think that the Wolves fans have been the better, the better in the series. So we got to do it again on Friday night. And then uh, hopefully the Memphis fans aren't good enough in a game seven to, to win it. But yeah, I think that's all we got to talk about. It's, it's hard to talk. I mean, this is the same matchup over and over. You know, it's like <laughs> right. we've went through the individual matchups. We've done all that. Um, it's just little scheme things that are going to change, but mostly it's going to come down to who executes better. Coming down to the balling. Everybody's yes. made their adjustments. They've had five games of adjustments. They're getting pretty set. Smaller adjustments going to happen, but it's really going to come back to who's going to make shots, who's going to lock in on defense. Um, I feel I feel pretty good about about game six and I'm hoping for a game seven because I think that would be electric, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, but I think that's all we have for, for today's show. So thank you everybody for listening to the believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by bet online. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke, and he is Doug West and we should be back soon. Hopefully we can talk about a wolf's win or two next time. And then, uh, maybe be prepping for a, a golden state series, but one game, One game at a time, for sure. But again, thank you all for listening, and we'll be back soon. Peace out. Thank you. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.